We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Hey, Mike Lynch here. Hey, and I'm Patrick Harris. You probably like baseball, which is why you're listening to this. This is the uh, Hot Corner Podcast. Well, I kind of like baseball. I guess I'll tune in. Baseball's pretty neat, so... Thanks for listening. This is brought to you by your local Les Schwab Tire Center. Doing the right thing since 1952. Woo, baseball! This is the Hot Corner with Harrison Lynch. Bregman would like to get him to scamper home. Two on, two out. Tenth inning. That's in the air to left. Here comes Fisher. A deep dive on baseball. Wade Boggs is a Hall of Fame third baseman. The man's a legend. And much more. He drank 50 beers on a cross-country flight and then absolutely destroyed the Seattle Mariners the next day, okay? (laughs) The number of beers is actually highly disputed. Some say 50, some said as many as 70 beers. Which is an absolutely insane amount of beer. Nobody can drink that much. Not with an attitude like that. Now here are your hosts for the Hot Corner, Patrick Harris, the seven-foot kid that strokes it with the acne on his back, and Mike Lynch. Excuse me, he looks really hot. On 1080 The Fan. Hey, bada, 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 so we bada. Hey, hit records on my demo. Did y'all boys not get the memo? I do not stay at the Intercontinental. Hello, Patrick is out today. So it is I, Mike Lynch, in the host chair. Joe Fish is with me as well behind the glass. Pulling co-hosting slash producer duties today. I don't have to fight with Patrick today over the TV. Now, normally the Indians do have day games on Wednesdays, so it's like, hey, the Yankees are on. We'll just put it on when we're in here. But tonight, the Indians are also on. And uh, since he's out today, I can just keep the Yankee game on. Totally fine. I don't need to worry about it. I don't need to fight. <laughs> I don't need to to try to wrestle the remote or debate which game is more important or in a, in a bigger situation. It's the Yankees, by the way, it's in the eighth inning. They're down by one with two on and one out. Um, Aaron Hicks at the plate. I'll do play by play. If you'd like, I'm just going to watch the game <laughs> to start the show here. Um, but yeah, Patrick's out today. He should be back next week. Uh, but there is so much to get to today that we should be totally fine. Um, and we will get to all the baseball coming up shortly. But I wanted to throw this out there as a question, and I know my wife is probably not listening right now, so this is totally okay. But the question, even if she is, it's fine because we already talked about it. Um, The question I have is this. My wife's birthday is on Friday, okay? Now, up until Monday, I completely forgot that her birthday was Friday. She knows that I forgot. It was funny. It was a joke yesterday when I got home. I was like, you know, I, I... just remembered it was your birthday yesterday, and she was like, what? And she played fake angry at me, but um, hopefully fake angry at least. But the question I have is this. Now, this is more for the married couples out there, but we're now in year two of our marriage. We've been together for, gosh, nine or ten years already. Um, do I need to to wine and dine her and surprise her? Or can I say, hey, it's your birthday, where would you like to go? Anywhere you want, let's go. Do I leave it up to her or do I 
surprise her with the choice of where we're going because like there's the romantic side of it of doing the surprise and stuff like that but since i only remembered on monday i'm a little bit behind the ball with like setting up a nice little like day or i guess evening on friday once i get off work from here um is it i guess i should say is it acceptable in your mind to just say hey where would you like to go let's go or do i need to go a step further because it's her birthday i think that you definitely asked that question initially just out of uh you know, courtesy just to see if there's a restaurant or somewhere that she's been dying to go to lately that's caught her eye. But if she's giving you nothing, like, oh, it doesn't matter. It's not that important. Then that's when you need to definitely pull on your big boy pants, find a nice restaurant, and take her. Like you said, you're already behind the ball and forgetting her birthday. <laughs> so if you're like, oh, just choose where you want to go, and I'll take you and pay for it, then I, I think that the effort won't be there as well. So if she, the, here's the thing. Like I said, if she, it's a restaurant, she's like, oh, I saw this uh, recently. That looks good. Then, yeah, take her to it. But if she's not giving you anything, then I think you uh, need to impress her a little bit. Okay. She was telling me that she dropped me a hint at some point when we were in Vegas, and I totally oh, missed God. it completely. Enough of the hints. <laughs> I know. I hate hints. Don't play the game with me. Just tell me, please. <laughs> and it's not that I forgot her birthday. I just didn't realize it was already almost June 15th. That was the thing is I, I looked at the calendar and I went, oh, it's June 12th or June 11th, whatever day it was. And I went, oh, okay. And then I went, wait, it's June 11th. There's something going on And I on went, wait, here. when's the 15th? And I was like doing the math in my head and I was like, oh, crap, it's on Friday. <laughs> uh, so text your thoughts to, to my, I don't know if it's a predicament, but my question to the fan text line at 55305. A couple of texts already coming it in whoa lots of text coming in holy crap um leave it up to her you're probably effing up like the rest of us <laughs> maybe true maybe maybe true maybe i would pick a place that was more something that i wanted but i knew that she liked instead of something that she truly wants like she's a huge fan of sushi mm -hmm. like that is her favorite food okay and i like sushi but it's like you know i, I don't necessarily choose to go to a sushi restaurant so if it was up to me i'd pick like a place that i could get something that i would love and she'd be like oh yeah this is good but i have a feeling that if if i ask her she's gonna pick a sushi place so in that sense then i'm like well if i go if, if i'm the one planning it then i better pick a sushi place uh but then i'm not getting a dinner that's all that good for me <laughs> oh, <laughs> i'm just gonna oh be selfish my about gosh. it um <laughs> Always about you. Question. Uh, so, Mike, if you share accounts, she's paying for it, too. We do. You have to know what she wants and get it done. Step it up. Yeah, I kind of agree with that. I like the text. Olive Garden, idiot. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh, yeah. Look. Uh, look, as Suk says, it's my, my passion bucket <laughs> was very full for that at 6 o'clock. It is now empty. <laughs> I have already yelled and screamed and tantrumed about the Olive Garden for 20 minutes. I'm good. Don't go. Don't goad me into it again. Don't bait me. If you didn't listen to the club today, Joe, we talked about that at six o'clock. I will not bait you. Don't worry. My, my, <laughs> why, why, why? <laughs> uh, I will not go down that road again. Uh, this text says maybe give two quality choices, then drop a, or you can veto these and I'll pay for your regular favorite. Give quality choices, but she can also pick. After 24 years, if she likes surprises, then go for it. Wine and dine with your plan. Yeah. I'm thinking that's what I'm going to do. I did, uh, this was, it, it had nothing to do with her birthday, but it was last year, maybe two years ago. 
Uh, we used to live downtown, and then we moved out to the Burbs just to afford living. <laughs> and um, But we used to have, like, these running and walking routes that we would take together that were up in the uh, – in the West Hills, kind of behind PSU up there, mm-hmm. where you can kind of see the whole city of Portland. You can see the mountain, a lot of a lot of places. Right. And I surprised her once. It was just like a random Saturday. I was like, we're doing something Saturday, but you don't know what it is. And I brought her back up to the hills, and we walked around, and it's kind of like a memory thing. And then I, I brought her out to dinner to a place we hadn't been for like two years at that point that we liked a lot. And, um, and she was like, blown away and it, to me that took like such little thought because i was like here's two things that, I, that <laughs> i'd like to do again You're with, standing there with like, her damn i'm good yeah and i'm like <laughs> brushing my shoulders off like oh yeah <laughs> i'm winning tonight um so maybe maybe i just have a knack for that and i could just do it off the cuff yeah like tomorrow before i come in for work just like plan something <laughs> so you hope you're seeming very confident right now at this point but you're one for one, so let's not let's not judge me on this, okay? <laughs> I'm gonna feel confident now because now I can make a, a surprise plan. Uh, well, but I you... think I think some of the textures are right. I do wanna I do wanna ask her if there's a place she wants to go, and I I, I like your point too. If she is indecisive not, about yeah, it, if she's not giving me anything, but then, I'm gonna go full surprise mode. Yeah, uh, got two suggestions from two different people about this place called a fur a, a furry a, fu- a fury. I don't know. A-F-U-R-Y? Yeah, but uh, great sushi, but way more other stuff. Uh, that is amazing. Mm. So I've never heard of that place. Someone texted either. in Bamboo, which I've been to multiple times before. They've got really good sushi. I am personally not a uh, sushi fan. So, yeah, that is definitely not my uh, category. A furry. A furry. I'm Googling it right now. Don't mind me. Take her clubbing, dude. It is on South. Take her clubbing. <laughs> <laughs> no. It's Friday, right? Yeah, all right. Friday that's, night that's, on the town. I am assuming she does not want to do that for her birthday. <laughs> get a few shots in you. Just get wild. Southeast 7th and Belmont near Cascade. Yeah, that's really close to here. Just pop across the bridge. There you go. She can come meet me. After. See, that's the thing that kind of sucks, too. She'll get off work at a normal time, and I get off work at 7. Right. So she'll like have, have to, to meet for, me here in the you. parking lot on her birthday, or she has to wait at work. For two hours? Or wait at home. Well, th- By the way, she's waiting on you. Yeah, she shouldn't wait at home. She has to drive for 20 minutes or 30 minutes out of the way just to go back all the way to the east side. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's why week weekday birthdays suck because you're, you're stuck doing whatever it is you already were doing. Uh, my birthday this year is on a Wednesday. So oh. I don't get off until 9 on Wednesdays. Oh, <laughs> So and this year you do not matter, basically. Basically. And I found out that you are out on my birthday. So I get to produce on my birthday as well. Oh, nice. <laughs> a little birthday gift for you. There, yeah. Huh? <laughs> I get to do the double duty on my birthday that day. Um, yeah, weekday birthdays kind of suck. They do. The entire the entirety of the day is taken up with your usual schedule, and then you've got like two hours to do something you'd like. Exactly. Like I said, you just don't matter that year. A furry says, elevated ramen in hip industrial space. Did you stop talking in the middle of a sentence, by the way? No. That was weird. I don't think I did. <laughs> All right. Uh, we saw we have a lot of baseball coming up on the show today. I want to spend some time on the Mariners. We're going to bring John on the show. Uh, I wanted to talk to him about the vibe he's feeling about the team because we know John is generally, during the season, pessimistic, generally before the season, cautiously optimistic. Um, but I want to talk to him about the M's currently, so that's going to be coming up at 730. There's a lot of Mariners news in general 
uh, based around the walk-off win today as well as the Jerry DePoto statement or, I guess, answer to a question about D. Gordon and Robinson Cano when he comes back from his suspension. So we'll get to all of that. Shohei Otani's injury is a big deal. I don't really want to talk about what it means for the Angels as much as I want to talk about what the Angels should do with Otani. It is a totally unique situation, and uh, they have a, a big, big, big choice in their hands coming up a little bit later this season. Also, if you haven't seen it, watch it in a commercial break. I tweeted it earlier today, at Mike Lynch 27 It is a completely unedited video of, a, I think it was a series last year or two years ago, Mets versus Dodgers. Noah Syndergaard threw behind Chase Sutley and got immediately thrown out of the game, and Terry Collins came out to argue, and the mic of the crew chief of the umpires is live. And it's unedited, so not safe for work, so make sure no kids are around or you're not in the office or anything like that or you have headphones in. And it is really, really fascinating audio, and I want to talk about that and what, the, how I want more of it. So listen to that. At Mike Lynch 27, I, I quote tweeted it a couple, uh, probably maybe like 10 or 11 a.m. this morning. Uh, we'll also have Fair or Foul, 8.30. We'll talk Fantasy, 7.45. Probably slip some Oregon State beeves in there as well as they have moved on to the College World Series and are now the favorites to win the College World Series. So that's all coming up on the Hot Corner. Text line 55305. And uh, next, the Mariners have a different feel about them this year. This is the Hot Corner on the fan. This is the Hot Corner with Harrison Lynch on 1080 The Fan. Seven twenty here on your Wednesday evening, Patrick South. So it's Mike and Joe with you. John's coming up in about ten minutes to talk Zemetiners. Fantasy coming up at seven forty-five. Thank you for all the text. Uh, I appreciate the suggestions. One brilliant idea that I'm not sure I'm brave enough to try in case she just goes, oh, I don't know. You'll surprise me uh, is easy. Got it all figured out. All you need to do is tell her what you're, that you're surprising her with a dinner for her birthday. When she asks where you're going, tell her to guess whatever her first guess is. That's where you take her. I think it's a brilliant <laughs> idea, but I don't knowing her. I think she'd probably go. Eh, I don't know. You, you've, you've surprised me so much. But dinner or something like that, you know, and then I just be like, oh, crap, <laughs> I'm screwed. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, well, well, I might I might look into that a furry place, a fury, a fury. I don't know. I'm going to I'm going to mispronounce the name the entire time. I'll look into that. I'll look into some other places, too, because if she is going to have to wait for the show to be over and then come meet me here, then, well, might as well be in the city and be a surprise anyway. So. I'll, maybe I'll update you guys next week if I remember what, what actually happened on her birthday or text in and ask if you if you care at all next week, and I'll, and I'll remind you guys. Uh, but I really, really, really want to spend some good quality time on the Mariners today. And I don't know if you remember last week. I think we talked about this last week. It might have been two weeks ago now. But how the Mariners test, the true test, was going to be the next four series. It was the Angels the Red Sox, the Yankees, and the Red Sox. Well, the first of those tests, the Angels, went by in a sweep for the Mariners. They swept the Angels today on a walk-off two-run home run for Mitch Hanniger as they won 8-6. to six. They were down 
In the eighth inning, they got a solo home run from Ryan Healy to tie the game. Uh, they were also down, I want to say, six to four at one point. Came back to tie the game as well, thanks to a Gene Segura RBI double. So they just kept fighting back. And after paying attention, I didn't really watch much of this game because it was on Facebook only. But after following along and kind of seeing the vibe and watching some of the highlights, man, there is a very, very, very special feel about this Mariners team this year. Sometimes you watch a team and you go, something's different about them. Something is, something extra is happening that's going to help push them that much further. And I've said this many times in the show, so I'm not going to belabor the point, but generally I like to make fun of the Mariners, but this year I can't because I think the Mariners are for real. I think the Mariners are just flat out good. And this series against the Angels and a game like today where they had so much adversity proves, in my opinion, that they are good and that they are ready to challenge for the AL West. And if not that, make the playoffs as a wild card team. Well, how about Mitch Hanniger, huh? I totally forgot about him. <laughs> Let's be honest. I mean, uh, I know they've been playing great lately, but he's, I believe he had two home runs yesterday also. Um, I know he had one late in the game, but um, Mitch Hanniger coming through the clutch for them. And um, I'm pretty sure Healy's homered in back-to-back days now too. Yeah, he has. <laughs> so, I mean, you're getting contributions from, I mean, just guys that not so much are forgettable, but you're like, oh, yeah, they're on the squad too. At least for me, that's what it's like. Uh, when I heard the outfield the other day who they were throwing out there, I was just like, oh, that's right, Mitch Hanniger. Yeah, he's pretty good. And then what has he done the past couple of days? So um, as a text comes in, thank God Cano got suspended. So that's at least one person's opinion on, you know, this team since Cano has gone out. Well, the Mariners have a, I guess now a 23-7 and seven record since Cano got suspended. Best in the MLB. Best in the MLB since, since that point. Right. And It's bizarre. It is bizarre, and Jerry Depoto said in, in, a, in a quote that the Mariners could have gone one of two ways. They could have folded when Cano got suspended and lost some of the hot start, or they could have been galvanized and said, hey, we just lost our best player. Let's rally around each other and keep winning. Clearly, the latter is what's happening. And it just... I used to kind of wait for the Mariners to blow it, even if they had a lead. Now I'm almost waiting for the Mariners to come back every game. Now I'm almost waiting for the M's to, to, to always be able to win the late game. Now I know that a huge, huge portion of their games has been a one run uh, of the one, one variety, one run variety. And I know that they have a huge winning record in one run games, but to me, that's not a negative. To me, that's almost more of a positive where, where you say they're battle-tested. When you get to the playoffs, if, if they make the wild-card game, for example, like that is likely going to be a really close, tense game. They've had so much experience dealing with that already this year. So to me, that's just a benefit. So they've played a lot of close games. They've won a lot of close games. They've won since their best player got hurt. Everybody seems to be hitting well. Uh, either together or at various times, they're all picking each other up. If someone's slumping like Hanniger wasn't hitting well up until a couple of days ago, where he'd kind of turned hot again. And to me, it, it it's the perfect formula for a successful team. 
And bravo, Jerry DePoto. You you have proven me and many others wrong in poking fun at how many trades you make and how many moves you make because the last three or four that you've done, aces. They've been great. Training Taiwan Walker and Kettle Marte for Gene Segura and Mitch Haniger. Segura is 500 times the player Marte is, and Taiwan Walker is on the Tommy John, and Mitch Hanniger is hitting great. Yeah, I guess that one worked out. Trading Tyler O'Neill for Marco Gonzalez. Gonzalez last year was dreadful, and you think that's a loss because O'Neill is is one of the one of the best young hitters in the Mariners system. I was gonna say I felt like you said some a couple weeks ago that he's like second in batting average for the Cardinals. Or no, no, no. He he only got called up for a little bit, but he hit like three home runs in his first four games or something. <laughs> But then he struck out apparently 10 of his last 12 at-bats, and they sent him back down. Whoa. <laughs> so he got sent back down, and Gonzalez is pitching to a 3-5-ish ERA. Uh, the D. Gordon, uh, uh, I think it was a trade. They only gave up a couple of minor leaguers. Um, the Colomay-Denard Span trade. Yeah. Denard Span has been very good for them. Colomay started off started off great, kind of been a little iffy, but he's, he's a solid eighth-inning guy for them especially, and a good closer replacement if Diaz ever gets hurt. All of his trades have been successful. So, bravo, Mariners. It's been a lot of fun. And I actually hope that they keep doing this because it's going to be such a great story in baseball that they can get back to the playoffs for the first time since 2001. You're kidding me. That's going to be – It's you can talk about Mariners baseball, meaningful Mariners baseball, and uh, it'd be nice for us to get to September – you know, and it's not a matter of if they're going to the playoffs. It's them locking up one of those wild card spots or the ALS. It would be nice to have them not be a last day kind of thing, a final three games of the season, will they, won't they? Well, if you look at the American League, I don't know if it's going to be like that. And that's what it, I'm saying. It looks it's, pretty set. Almost. It's, it's shaping up to be that they could lock it up in early September. Um, you know, yeah. maybe a couple weeks before the season ends. And, the, and this so. this series was huge in that. The, the Angels are now like seven games back of the Mariners. Right. That's for, yeah. for second place in the AL West. The AL East is already set between those two teams, Yankees, Red Sox. We don't know who's going to finish in first, but no one is near those two. Uh, the Indians look like they're going to be clearly the winners of the Central. But uh, nobody in that division has a record anywhere near the second AL East team and currently the second AL West team, which between the Mariners and Astros, they both basically have the same record. So to me, it's kind of set. They could be set in August. You know, maybe that's a negative. You don't want to be that comfortable for that long, but they could be they could be ready and raring to go that early, you know, if everything keeps going in a similar way. So you're right. If, if they don't have to stress it out, how nice would that be for Ems fans? <laughs> it would be really interesting after all these years of not making the playoffs. Right, they're not stressing it out in the opposite way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, so we'll talk about that uh, with Big John coming up next, as well as Jerry DePoto's comments about Cano and D. Gordon. Uh, that's next, but first, Joe S. Sports Center. This is the Hot Corner with Harrison Lynch on 1080 The Fan. 7.35 here on your Wednesday evening. A very sad update. I have been alerted that the link was broken for the video. I told you guys all to go watch the Terry Collins uh, live Mike umpire video. And I did some digging major league baseball removed the video or got the video removed from Twitter. So if you went to Twitter to watch it, I'm sorry, you cannot do it, but I will still describe it to you later in the show and discuss how I think that's important to 
us as fans, but they took took the video down. Jerks. <laughs> I actually uh, found the video. What? Yes. Tweet it. Share it. <laughs> a little tease there. Yes. <laughs> Disappointment to excitement. Go follow Joe Fish at, do- at Joe Fish 3, F-I-S-C-H 3, and uh, he'll, I guess, retweet the video again. So there you go. But now we bring on 1080 The Fans, Mariners expert and analyst, John Sukanik. <laughs> Joe told me you want that title. You want to go up to games as a media member now. <laughs> yeah, I want, I'm seeking credentials. I, I was telling Joe that I've, I have been building momentum, quote-unquote, in one way or another now for a decade. You have. And people always ask, like, do you get anything out of it? And I'm like, no, not really. But now maybe I'm, I'm feeling buffed up by the uh, 20 games over 500 team that's before us. I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna request some media credentials. Should, yeah. Shouldn't I be up at Safeco Field covering this team? I yeah. think he, I think he deserves it at this point after all these years. <laughs> I think I think my brother has refused to entertain the option for years because he just thinks it'll lead to me wandering around like in the dugout or in the in the <laughs> locker room after the game, like asking for autographs and stealing people's bats and things. And, well, other- and I, I'd get I'd get fired and embarrassed. But I'm. I'm under control. I'm an adult. I can handle this. I think it's time for me to get credentials. The other problem, John, is you're not allowed to cheer in the press box, and would you be able to handle that? <laughs> uh, I could use my quiet voice, couldn't I? I mean, you could, but you'd get some really weird looks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe it's for the best. We'll we'll revisit that. If they're still, they're still doing this in August, maybe I'll revisit my credentials. I don't know. We'll see. Well, so I don't know if you were listening to the show at all, John, but last segment I was talking about how special – this actually feels for the Mariners every year. There's one or two teams that have that kind of vibe to them. Right. And to me, the Mariners are that team this year. And I I wanted to bring you on for the fan perspective too, because you're a long suffering Mariners fan. The way I described it earlier was you are normally very pessimistic during the season and very cautiously optimistic in the off season. Yes, very much so. Have you completely flipped gears to, positivity and, and positive thoughts with the Mariners this year. Do you think it's as special as I feel it is? Yeah, it's getting close. I'll tell you that. Now, the thing about being a Mariner fan is they have had runs over the over the last decade where you sort of start to feel like maybe this team can do something. And, and being a Mariner fan, they always let you down without fail. I mean, 17 years in a row, right? And so you know, to use a bad analogy, you're the, you're the dog that gets beat and you're in the corner waiting, and no matter how good it feels, you think the newspaper's coming again to get you upside the head. And and I agree with you that this is this is starting to feel different for me. This is starting to feel like it's real. It's starting to feel like they may be that team to go on a run. And uh, you know, you and I have talked in the past, and I've jokingly said, you know, the Cubs, you know, went on a run in in '16, and the and the Royals did it in 15, and they were kind of that underdog, and, and it felt like just the casual sports and, and baseball fan jumped on board and rode that wave with them. And I joke that if the Mariners ever did that, you know, they have kind of a lovable loser, a little mantra in the Northwest. I think if they can keep this thing going, I think you're going to feel uh, the entire Pacific Northwest get on board, and this, this could be a magical run. Well, yeah, you're right. So 2001, last time they made the playoffs, have never made the World Series, one of two teams to still hold that mantle. I agree with yeah, you. Yeah, thanks, thanks for pointing that out, Mike. No problem. I got I got to set the scene, John. Uh, yeah. The You're totally right about that, though. I mean, the Cubs, 
now no longer lovable losers, but they were because it had been a hundred some years since they had won a world series. So right. everyone gets on board and everybody roots for that team just because it's a fun story. And, well, and I think, I think the general fan, I mean, we like, we like underdogs, right? I mean, and you're a Yankee fan and you're the opposite of an underdog, but in, in this general sports fans, if your team's not in it, or if you don't have a team and you just like following sports or baseball, or some people just wait and watch the postseason, you know, you're looking for that team, that fun story that you can get behind. And I've, I've said for years that if the Mariners ever get there, What's more lovable than that, right? 17 years of downtrodden and you have a good, you know, they, they could be that team that people get on board with and that that just makes it fun. This text says, lifelong Mariners fan of 34 years. In 95, they had the feel that they were never out of a game. It was a special season. Same in 2001. This is the same feeling. Every day I tune in to watch the team is a treat. I love this. Does it feel like yeah. 2001 and 95 to you, John? It does a little bit. 95 is a little bit different because they were, and people forget this, they weren't that good in 95 till the end. I mean, Griffey, Griffey got hurt, and nobody, everybody thought that would be the end of it, right? Griffey broke his wrist, and everybody thought it would be over. And as late as the middle of August, as late as the middle of August, there was, they were 10 back. I mean, they were way back. And then they went on that magical run through September and did what they did. 2001 was also a little bit different because they started out of the gate, just gangbusters. And I think it was something like, it was like June or July before they lost consecutive games at home or two series in a row or something. And by July they had ran away with it. So it's a little bit different, but the thing that is the same, if I, if I get your question is that watching this team right now, you never really feel like they're out of it. And so, um, it certainly is the first time I've felt that way since 2001. If you, I, I know a lot of things are, are kind of clicking all at the same time. The young bats are hitting, good trades, pitching's doing well, bullpen's good. If you can pinpoint one thing, or if you had to pinpoint one thing that's making the team feel this different to you, what is it? I think you've got to say starting pitching right now. And the reason I say that is because you and I had this conversation a couple of times during the offseason is every single person, every single fan thought the Mariners needed more pitching. It just wasn't good enough. And this was a weird year where there was pitching to be had. And the, the joke I used to make was everybody knows the Mariners need pitching except for the guy in charge of getting us pitching. Right. And he said consistently all summer, I like the guys we got. I like the guys we got. We'll be fine. And for crying out loud, well, the sad thing is the Felix is the worst one. But outside of Felix, I like the guys we got. They're they're really good, and they've been really good. And so uh, I would point to that as on-the-field stuff. And then the other thing that, that really gets lost, and if you watch if you watch the games and the post-show and read the beat writers and stuff, the guys that are getting the credit, the players are giving credit to Scott Service. They're saying that he has created a culture – in that locker room, he's letting guys be themselves. He's letting the leaders come forward and be leaders. He's letting guys have fun. And they really give him a lot of credit. And I've never been a huge Scott Service fan, but, I mean, when the players just keep saying it over and over again, uh, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. That reminds me a little bit. I saw this today because Jacob DeGrom pitched great again today and they lost 2 nothing to the Braves, um, the Mets I'm talking about, that – uh, Mickey Calloway said that the vibe in the dugout when DeGrom pitches is awful. 
And that Todd Frazier actually apologized to him after this game where they got shut out again. He's got some sort of in his last 10 starts. He's got like a point six ERA and the Mets are two and eight in those starts, something crazy. And we talk about this with the Blazers a lot, you know, like chemistry is a really important thing, but it's true. If you have, and I, and I think that to your point, John is, is part of the reason Scott service is getting so much credit is if you create a culture, maybe not a winning culture necessarily, but a culture that keeps the team gelled together and keeps them positive and keeps them in a good amount of energy, then I think that naturally means that your team has a chance to come back in every single game if, if they're down. Like today, the Mariners are down, what, three different times and they came back to win it on the walk-off. I mean, that doesn't and, happen with every team. Right, and the, and the quote, to, to hammer home your point, the quote that you read after the game was that the Mariners went down, uh, Bradford, who's been really good, gave up a couple of home runs late, and they went down two runs. Six to four. And Scott Service said after the game, you know, this is the bullpen was short today. They had no Diaz. They weren't going to use Colomay. Uh, Kyle Seeger was a late scratch with a personal issue, so he's not in the lineup. And the quote that Service said after the game was when we went down uh, 6 4, every single person in that dugout thought we'd win. Every single person. And, you know, that's a, you, can, you can roll your eyes at that and think that's cliche, but. The Mariners are proving it that it's true. And so I think there is something to that. There is something to, um, you know, now 22 and seven since Cano went down and Cano was having a good year. He was, he was, he was a good player and kind of the leader of the team. And I guess uh, when he went down service and DePoto brought the team aside and they said, look, this can go one of two ways. We can go in the tank and blame it on Cano being gone, or we can all step up and, when people ask us down the road why we're so good without Cano, it'll be because of you guys and and you know proofs in the pudding. That sparked some uh, that par- that sparked a what twenty three and seven record since Cano got suspended. So far, yeah, best record in baseball since that point, which is again just another example of what we're talking about. The Mariners have had every reason to fold, and this is a team that historically folds for no reason. Uh, so it's kind of weird that. You have legitimate reasons to fold, and yet uh, they're thriving under these conditions. It's it's really fun to watch right now. And I, I just wanted to ask you this before before we let you go. Depoto also said that Cano's job is not secure when he comes back sure. from the suspension. D. Gordon uh, has been playing well at second base again. They're saying that that they want to keep D. Gordon at second base most of the time, and that Cano may split some time with him. I mean, as a fan, what do you think about this? And then what do you think they'll do to get Cano into the lineup? Are they going to DH him and put Nelson Cruz in the outfield? I know he's not much of a defensive outfielder anymore. Yeah, let's not do that. I mean, what what do you want them to do with Cano when he comes back? Well, it'll be interesting. And and, and when when DePoto said that, the, the next thing he said was, look, some of this will be determined by where we are in the standings. Cano's, Cano can't come back till the middle of August. So if they're, if they're doing what they're doing right now in the middle of August, that presents one set of situations. If they fall off the tank and they're, you know, 10 games back by the middle of August, which would be very Mariner-like, um, you know, then it really doesn't matter as much. So I think it's twofold. I think, one, uh, if they're playing well, you have to leave D. Gordon in there because Cano can't play in the playoffs. And you need to leave that in there. The other thing I think is interesting is – there has been talk almost since the day they signed Cano, and he's halfway through his 10-year deal. And there's been talk all along that at some point you have to transition him to first base because that's the position he's going to play. And so and Cano has resisted that. He hasn't wanted to do that. So I wonder if part of this is they finally – Cano has no leverage, right? If you go to Cano and say, hey, 
you're not our second baseman anymore, he really can't complain because he's the idiot that got popped for 80 games. So I wonder if I wonder if this is a move that DePoto's been thinking about and is kind of worried about how he's going to make that move. And maybe this is the opening that allows him to say, hey, you know, you're not going to be the second baseman anymore. So I wonder if there's little of that going on too yeah but then you have the ryan healy's actually hitting well right now if he keeps hitting well then what do you do with him well it'll be a fun problem to have yeah, right you, you know it's well i can't remember the last time the mariners let in august let alone at any point in the season have had the problem where they've said we just got too many good bats right now <laughs> so um that's <laughs> I'll uh, I'll be happy to deal with that problem uh, as a fan in august if we get there all right john thanks for coming on and talking emma's with me i i I'm excited. I'm so excited to watch and, and follow the Mariners this year. It's the first time I could ever say that, and uh, it, it just feels good this year. So I'm glad you're, it's fun. you're in agreement. It's fun right now, Mike. I agree. It feels different, and I hope it keeps rolling. And uh, you know me. I'll come on and talk about the Mariners anytime. So uh, you guys have a good rest of the show, and go Mariners. You too. I'll talk to you tomorrow. I, I, lo- I love that he still is slightly st- taking that one step back where he's like, I'm almost there. I'm almost ready to say this is a special season. I, I think I think he's been beaten down one too many times or 500 too many times as a Mariners fan, but uh, I think he'll get there. He'll get to that last step because I think the M's are that good. All right, coming up next, it's time for Fantasy Grind. We already have one question on the text line, 55305. If you've got any, feel free to text. And if not, I will go through some of the guys you should be looking at adding or dropping at this point in the season as well. This is the Hot Corner on 1080 The Fan. Fantasy baseball is easy if you know what you're doing. Who's winning? What is occurring? Which player should be in your lineup card? I have today's forecast for you. Hot! And who should be sitting next to you in the dugout? We're going back to work on fundamentals. Fundamentals. In the middle of the season. This is the Fantasy Grind. Part of the Hot Corner with Harrison Lynch on 1080 The Fan. 753 here on your Wednesday evening. Patrick's out. Mike and Joe with you till nine. Just spent the last half hour or so talking Mariners. John C. Canick came on the show to share his thoughts with that. Coming up next hour, the Shohei Otani injury. We have found the audio that has been so brutally taken off of Twitter by MLB. Uh, Joe at Joe Fish 3 F-I-S-C-H has tweeted a YouTube link of the video. And I retweeted that out on the 1080 The Fan Twitter account. Again, it is not safe for work. Correct. So headphones, um, hiding away from your family in the bathroom while you take a dump, whatever your choice of to get away so people won't hear it. Uh, but it is a very, very, very interesting, and dare I say, fun listen. I say it's a must hear. It is. A, there you go. It if is a, a must hear. Yeah, as a baseball fan. Um, and a must watch, too. Just, yeah, obviously getting the... You know, them yelling at each other and their body language and them bumping chests and all that. That's uh, that's one of the cooler things to come out of MLB. Like, you know, that isn't a play or something in right. a while, I think. It's a fly on the wall kind of moment that you've always wanted to have. Right. And you've only been able to guess through, like, reading lips. And yeah. And now you have the exact audio. So Joe tweeted it. He retweeted it on the fan. I retweeted it again. So go listen to it before it gets taken off YouTube. <laughs> yeah. And then we'll talk about that. Plus uh, fair or foul coming up as well. Uh, but Fantasy Grind here, if you have any questions, text them in to the fan text line at 55305. The first one that came in, 
I never carry two catchers. I have Wilson Contreras. I keep seeing Evan Gaddis is available. Do I grab him and he keeps crushing the ball or do I stay away because he's bound to cool off? I tend to not carry two catchers, although this year I started to because Mike Zanino is so off and on, and I got Cervelli when Zanino was hurt, and he's a good catcher as well, so I'm keeping two. Um, I don't know. I don't I don't trust Evan Gaddis at all. I, I know he's been hitting pretty well. I know he's got a couple of home runs the last couple of nights, but to me that's a I need somebody to hit for me now, but you're not going to keep him kind of thing. And I, I actually haven't seen – how Wilson Contreras is doing. Um, I know he's on paper one of the best hitting catchers in the game, but I'll pull it up here in a second. But I don't know. To me, to me, I generally don't like to to do that. I don't like to just go grab a, a guy who I know is going to cool off because to me, it's you're risking having him cool off the second you pick him up, and you just get a bunch of over fours, and you go, oh well, okay. I'm so glad I did that. I mean, yeah, Contreras is hitting two seventy six. He's got the third most points of all catchers in Major League Baseball in my points league. So um, it's even more than Evan Gaddis is, although he's fifth. Um, I don't know. I, I'd say I'd say I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it unless Contreras just is, is really frustrating you or something. I, I wouldn't add Evan Gaddis. This text, should I trade Teoscar Hernandez for Luke Weaver. For those who don't know, Teoscar Hernandez on the Toronto Blue Jays. And uh, he is a guy who is hitting 260 but has 11 bombs, 31 RBIs, 31 runs scored, and is a consistent offensive threat on a team that is a middling to mediocre team in the AL East. Um, I mean, to me, that totally depends on your starting pitching situation because Luke Weaver... If it's a keeper league, yes, I would do that because I think Weaver's a great keeper, even though he's not pitching super well this year so far. He's been kind of in the middle middle ground of, of a good starting pitcher. But if you if you don't need an outfielder and you need starting pitching, then sure, go for it because I think Weaver will start to get better as the year goes on. I just I believe in Luke Weaver as a pitcher. Um, but if you're just doing this on a lark and you're going to lose a lot of offensive production because Hernandez has been giving you a lot, I, I'd say hold off for now unless you're trying to sell high on Hernandez. But um, – Weaver hasn't been great. He has not been a fantasy gem this year. Last year, he was incredible. But this year, he's been really, really, really inconsistent where he's got a 4-3-5 ERA. He's not striking out that many guys. He's not walking a lot, but he's just he's just giving up runs. I mean, a guy like Jack Flaherty on the Cardinals is pitching better than, than Luke Weaver, and he's only been up uh, back up since mid-May. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I would, I would hold off on that. I, I think it's, it's interesting if you really need a starting pitcher or you need a keeper and I, I might consider it, but I don't think I would do that trade just yet because I, I, I don't know if Weaver is good enough at this moment to warrant giving up decent offensive production from an outfield position. All right. That's fantasy grind. We do it every single week at either seven 30 or seven 45, depending how the show goes coming up next. What should the Angels do with Shoya Otani? This is the Hawk Corner on 1080 The Fan. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours 
and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.